Here is a pressing question for your soul, and here is a pressing question for the times. Is there any God like the God of the Bible? Is there anyone who can rival him? Anyone who rules over him? Anyone alongside of him? Or anyone who is over him? Anyone who can be for you everything that you need? Who can do for you what God himself has promised to do? The prophet Isaiah asks and answers that question in various ways repeatedly in the course of his prophecy. Ever since Isaiah saw the glory of the Lord high and lifted up there in the temple, recorded in Isaiah 6, a conviction and an awareness of the uniqueness of the majesty of God has gripped him. He is persuaded that the one he deals with, who he calls the Holy One of Israel, there is none like him. And the Lord then uses Isaiah, having given him that vision, to impress upon his people again and again the supremacy of the God who has loved them and who has saved them and who has made promises to them. And it's a similar question that we then need to face. In Isaiah 44, the prophet is speaking about the, uh, the good things that God has promised to his people. And then, as he often does through Isaiah, the Lord challenges the people with uh, questions and assertions. He is the first and he is the last. Who can do what he has done? Who can provide what he has provided? Has he not demonstrated as well as declared over and over again who he is and what he does as a reflection of who he is? And then in Isaiah 44 and verse 8, the Lord asks that central question. Who is, is there a God besides me? Is there a God besides me? Where else will you go? To whom else will you turn? Where else will you look in time of need and in need of blessing? To whom else will you now go? What power can rival his? What wisdom can rival his? What love can rival his? What mercy can rival his? What history can rival his of his dealings with his people? What faithfulness, what goodness, what kindness. The, the Lord points his people back to the history of his dealings with them, to his revelation of himself. Indeed, when he spoke to the people through Moses in Deuteronomy, one of the things that was spoken there was that there is no rock like our rock. That was Moses' declaration. And this is the language that is picked up by Isaiah. Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. God, if you like, puts forth his own omniscience. God assesses with perfect vision and penetration anything and everything else that could be imagined to stand alongside or over him. And he himself declares, there is no one who is like me. There is no other rock. There's no other strength, no other foundation for your hope and your confidence, no other refuge to which you can turn, no other anchor point to which you can tether. There is no one else who can both promise and fulfil, who can speak and who can do all that he speaks. And that then is both the challenge and the comfort to God's people. It's a challenge because in this fallen world, 
we have an instinct to look for some other rock, some other refuge, some other source of confidence. And again and again, we will be disappointed by that sinful pursuit of letting our eyes drift off of God and onto other things as the source of hope. And it's also our comfort because this God is our God. He has undertaken to be for us. And with such a God as our rock, we have then all the confidence and all the joy that we need. Perhaps you're still looking for a rock. Perhaps you're still looking for a refuge, for a foundation, for an anchor point. If you are, remember this, that there is no other rock. There is no God like the God of the scriptures. There is none who can stand alongside him, none who stands above him, both to save and to bless.